had to defend his apostleship, but he didn't want to spotlight his own strength in doing so. Rather, he put the focus on the greatness of God. If people focused on Paul's greatness, then Paul's entire ministry would be misdirected. Like John the Baptist once said, he must become greater, I must become less. Paul was following a similar strategy and recognizing the glory of God as the focus. Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you could submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Danielle Flood. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. joined by Jonathan Bowman, Minister adult to Adults here at McGregor Baptist Church. Thanks, Jonathan. You're welcome. Glad to be here. I'm excited about this episode because it seems like boasting in our weakness shouldn't be freeing, but it is to me. And I'm excited that God is so faithful to provide for us and telling us that we can do that in His Word. So we're going to talk more about that. Um, today we're going to dive into what God's Word does say about our weakness and what we should do with it. Let's Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Let's offer this time to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, we rely on you daily to lead us and guide us. I'm grateful that you've chosen us to be your children, and we want to honor you with this conversation, with our attitudes and our lives. Help us to learn how to boast in our weakness and rely on your strength. Amen. Amen. So, let's have some fun. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Jonathan, how did you come to know the Lord? Um, so I uh, heard the gospel growing up. Um, it was actually, I was age six whenever I felt the Holy Spirit convicting me. And um, yeah, so I, I went home and told my mom and uh, my dad, and then I prayed. And then I, uh, you know, they led me to pray to, to receive Christ. And yeah, that was a very anchoring experience for me in when I was yeah. six. And the Holy Spirit's kind of... Whether I've wanted him to or not, he's held me close for a long, long time. So That's really cool. Yeah. And so as God led you and guided you through, I mean, you know, a couple of years, <laughs> how, did that, um, how did that grace become real to you? Yeah, well, I think that, um, you know, I think that along the way, I think I got con- confused for sure about the gospel. Mm. Um, it became more about, um, I understood something and, uh, it was my decision to receive it kind of thing. And I, I think I gave myself more credit than I needed to, mm. but, um, eventually, uh, through different varying circumstances, I guess I could be more specific, but I don't want to have a full confessional here on the podcast, <laughs> but, um, I finally messed up bad enough or sinned bad enough to where I had to realize, um, just how sinful I'd been all along, I think. And then um, that's when God's grace really uh, uh, came more alive to me. Yeah. So, yeah. So our question today is, what does it mean to boast in weakness? Because we read that, um, and whether you're a new Christian or maybe have been a Christian for a long time, I think that's something that's hard to understand. Um, what does grace have to do with our weakness? Yeah, well, um, grace is uh, God's uh, gift, of course, and 
admitting that you need grace <laughs> it means that there's a problem with you. There's mm-hmm. an internal problem with you that you can't solve. You need God's aid. You need God's help. You need Him to step in. And uh, so uh, immediately, uh, part of the part of the gospel is that, or the immediate first part of the gospel is that uh, you are weak. You are in need, mm-hmm. and there's something that. Uh, especially your relationship between you and God and your relationship with your with other people that you cannot fix on your own. And so it is a it is a freeing thing, but a lot of times it's a difficult thing. I think uh, pride of course is is I don't wouldn't say that it's the first sin, but it's a right. primary sin. And uh, it's probably one of the main things that uh, that keep people away from um, God's good grace right. from growing in grace. so. Yeah. So my upbringing was in a Lutheran church. And so we heard God's word preached, but not so much about the grace part. It was all about how we could maybe behave, act, Mm -hmm. accept, feel, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was 16 before I realized the depravity or the weakness of my life and that I thought I was a Christian and I really did. And like people in my youth group thought I was a Christian too. But um, then I was, you know, radically changed. Um, I thought about telling you in our class that we took last semester. Yeah. But um, it's really interesting how, you know, God meets people, whether sometimes whether they want to or not, and changes them. And that changes the trajectory of their lives. But it's not something we can do. It is that God does it. And then we live through it and are the outcomes of it later. Yeah, saved by grace through faith and uh, nothing that we can do, not by works, right? Right, right. So that we can't boast. So at the very beginning, there's no boasting. Uh, We have to remember that we're dependent Mm. and remain weak, remain dependent. Right. So. No, that's true. So let's talk about Paul. And when he was teaching, he was sharing, um, lay out how Paul gives us a something to follow. Like, what does that look like when we're learning to be a believer? How do we um, follow Paul's example yeah. to follow Jesus? Yeah, Paul's a great example. I think that most of Paul's, um, uh, when, you, when, you, when you read his letters, especially his background, he describes a lot about the uh, his qualifications in terms of um, worldly qualifications, religious qualifications. You know, he's the best of the best. He's, he's pure. He's He's educated at the best seminaries. Uh, he keeps the law, um, and uh, he's a Jew. He's also a Roman citizen, which was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, very privileged and well thought of by everybody. Nearly anybody in that culture, whether you're a Jew mm-hmm. or Gentile, you would have thought uh, at least some aspect of him was praiseworthy. Right. But then he, you know, he lays that aside. He encounters. He has this encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Emmaus, and the first thing is, uh, you know, there's a spiritual uh, weakness where he discovers, oh, no, I've been wrong about right. uh, the Messiah all along. And then there's also a uh, physical weakness that uh, concurs with that, right? He's given a, a blindness at the very first so that he can't see. He has to be escorted. Um, the people he came to persecute or the people that uh, he has to depend on mm-hmm. uh, to guide him around and lead him. And... Um, yeah, so at the very beginning, uh, God uh, uses him, but he, he sort of breaks him down to mm-hmm. be able to use him. So Right. Yeah. And so he had, you know, John the Baptist also to look toward, and John's another great example. Yeah, John is, John is a great example of weakness. Um, 
You know, I think whenever you think of John the Baptist, of course, he's very much like uh, Elijah or um, Elisha. He he's a a, a a wilderness man. Right. He's he's clothed with a camel fur. It's interesting. In Greek. It's a female camel. I don't know why it's a female camel in Greek, but he's clothed with camel fur, and um, you know, uh, he's very much aware that you know uh, that uh, his task is he's not the main. Um, part of the play. You know, he's sort of like uh, setting the scene, setting the stage, sort of like a narrator beginning of a movie telling you uh, what will occur, and then the movie begins, right? So he right. so he has this awareness that he's just setting the stage for um, what God's going to do through uh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're part of that. Like, we are not setting the stage for Jesus, but we're part of the body, right? We're not the star of the show, Jesus is coming again, and we're to call people to himself. So a little bit, we can take that example too. Yeah, and then Paul uses this sort of language. I mean, it's all throughout the Bible, right? That Christ is the head, uh, we're just the body. Uh, the body has some unmentionable parts. Some some of us are even the unmentionable parts of the body, not the flashy good parts, but the parts uh, that aren't flashy and good. Mm -hmm. um, but God chooses to use us anyway. You right. know, He brings us all together and, and allows us, even though we may be the weak part of the body, um, to 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 be used for um, you know His purposes. Mm -hmm. So, as the body, um, we're looking at God's word for the example. What does Paul tell us in Corinthians that is is kind of you know the church's example to follow? Yeah, well, the Corinthian church they had a lot of problems. <laughs> And uh, of course, a lot of all of Paul's churches had problems. He spent his whole career dealing with church, dealing with church problems, uh, because we are weak. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the Corinthian church, First uh, and Second Corinthians, both you just read about, they have sort of a spiritual arrogance, a spiritual mm -hmm. pride. Uh, they want uh, they want wisdom. They want uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, you know, external displays of how wonderful I am, mm -hmm. and. Paul in Second Corinthians, he talks about, you know, that uh, well, a couple of things. First off, uh, I mean, he speaks about um, sort of his own qualifications, but then he he uses really, I mean, really, he kind of gets sarcastic with them in a way, which is funny. But he talks about um, how he knew a man, and it is, he's telling a story about himself mm -hmm. who was caught up to the uh, third heaven, I believe. And, you know, in Jewish, some Jewish prominent ways of thinking, there were like seven levels of heaven, you know, like that show, Seventh Heaven, you know, mm. you're at the top level in that show, I guess. But, um, but that, uh, you, you know, that a man was only caught up to the third level. And then he, he indicates that that was him. So uh, he's not super spiritual in that regard. And then he also talks about, and he sort of remind, uh, shares a memory, he shares a memory of when he first started off. Um, you know, Paul gets called uh, or encounters Jesus on the road to Emmaus, and then he goes to Arabia and Tarsus, and there's sort of this time where we don't know much about what happened. Mm -hmm. But in Corinthians, he shares a mem memory of he was struck with a thorn in the flesh, and um, he prayed several times for that thorn to be taken away. Yeah. And, you know, the Corinthians are expecting, because they're, again, they have this sort of spiritual pride, they're expecting, oh, this is going to be a victory story because right. Paul is so wonderful that he's going to tell us, well, this thorn was taken away. And um, we're not sure what the thorn was. You know, there's a lot of different things. Um, it could be a physical ailment, blindness, or um, some people have suggested, you know, bad eyesight. 
um, you know, we have a description of Paul from some of the other, from the early church fathers. We're not sure how accurate that is, but it could be that he was, he, according to them, he was hunched over, stooped over, so maybe some mm. back problems. Yeah. And then also, um, it might just be his concern for uh, his churches and spreading the gospel. Like that can be a right. heavy burden too. Right. But he. But the ultimate point is, is that whatever this thorn is, is that he prayed for it to be uh, removed, and um, God said no. Right. You know, and he goes on to tell them, you know, but I boast in that because then I, when I'm weak, uh, he is strong. You know, and uh, so in other words, like you know, how to model. Uh, he's modeling Christ um, to them by uh, telling them of things that they consider to be weak. Right. You know, we have lots of weaknesses like in the church today. And you mentioned the body of Christ. I think it's really interesting to consider the church as the unity of weak, Mm -hmm. broken people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if we were free to if we felt free to speak like that, it would be a healthier church. Yeah, well, I think that we should. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. You know, um, like we, a lot of times we don't because, again, I think it's this, uh, it's really a first Corinthian church type of attitude. We mm-hmm. want to be perceived as being better than we are, more spiritual than we are, right. or more sanctified than we are. And so a lot of times, you know, people talk about all the time, people at church are hypocrites. and Yeah. Um, and, and in some ways we are because we're not willing to be honest before God or before each other about what's actually going on in uh, ways that, but whenever you see people begin to confess, begin to just be honest with each other, that's when, um, you know, especially in Paul's life in various churches, he tries to get them to that point yeah. to where they're very genuine so that they can, they can grow, you know, if, if, uh, I can't help you grow in your faith if I don't know what you're struggling with, really, right? and vice versa. So as people are listening, and maybe they're part of our church, part of another church, what would you, like, how would you recommend they start being more open to believers around them um, in their community of believers? Well, I'm probably, (laughs) I'll do my best. Um, Yeah, I'm not... The best person to ask is I'm way too open, right? <laughs> and I think some of that's a counter reaction to um, growing up in this uh, sort of uh, mindset where I felt I had to be uh, perfect in some sense or act like I am or present myself in a certain way. Yeah. And so nowadays, if you get to know me, I'm almost like people have to steer me in like, Jonathan, you don't have to share it. You, you know, I'm an, the classic oversharer now, right? Uh, you don't have to always uh, state everything that's going on. but you know, I, I would say just find a few people that you can trust mm-hmm. and just begin to talk to them. You know, um, you have to establish relationships. I think it's important if you're going to have a genuine conversation that um, you have to have a mutual respect. If you don't, mm-hmm. then you're not going to want to share. Right. Um, because you're, you're going to think, well, this person thinks less of me because. Right. Um, but, you know, um, a lot of that, too, is um, a lot of how we should act at church should be is often indicative, unfortunately, of the way that we are at home, right? Okay. Uh, where I think home is a good place to practice for how we should be as a church. Um, right. You know, you can't, you can't really hide anything from your family. Right. Like you think you can, uh, but they see it all along. And... Um, you know, I think that kind of an attitude is also what we need to bring to church. But, I, 
you know, I would just recommend finding a few people, you know, that you can, you can really share with. Um, that would probably be a, a life group, yeah. you know, getting involved in a life group. And I do think that being, uh, having to be open is what keeps a lot of people from being in life groups. Mm. Um, but again, that's the only way you're going to grow. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. And that community can anchor us in the safety of the church, but also a lot of people are hurt mm. that way if if they try to be open and they're told like, no, 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 we're not open here. Or Yeah, I can remember being uh, in my youth group uh, years and years ago, of course, and uh, sharing with a bunch of guys mm -hmm. uh, some things that were going on in my life. And then I can remember that getting back to some other people and them saying, why would you share that? You know, like yeah. you don't need to talk about stuff like that. This is church. And for real, that shut me down for years. Mm. You know, it shut me down from years from wanting to share anything ever again. Cause it was like, I got scolded right. for just, uh, you know, I mean, there is a time and a place, but uh, I was with a group of men and I got scolded for just, you know, confessing and, uh, you know, whereas the Bible does say that we're actually supposed to do that, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, con confess our sins to each other so that we can strengthen each other. Um, you, you know, so, so you're right. It, it can, churches can hurt because mm -hmm. people can mishandle that. Yeah. And it can also be that safe place if people don't have it, maybe they're, you know, in the community and they've found that people aren't, you know, we're all sinful. We're all going to hurt right. one another. But I think that, you know, if we can serve each other, to the best of our biblical ability, and that should be the safe place. Well, it should be. I mean, that's the very nature of the gospel, again, is that you're broken yeah. and that uh, uh, you've been willing to share that before the Lord. And so to have somebody share that with you um, is really, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an honor. It's something that's special yeah. and, the, and it's necessary uh, for you to grow in your walk with Christ, you know. Right. Um, I don't know why we, it always puzzled, it's always puzzled me like a way we have a problem being genuine and showing weakness when we follow like a crucified Messiah. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there was nothing more weak, mm. you know, to Jews or to Romans than being executed on a Roman cross. Right. Like that was the lowest of the low, mm. <laughs> you know, you're hanging there, uh, naked, um, beaten, and you're being executed as a traitor. Right. Um, and, and we wear crosses on our necks, but at the same time, we're, which is a symbol of execution and weakness, but we're not right. willing to be weak with each other. And that's just like a puzzlement. Right. You know, that just shows that the gospel really hasn't penetrated every area of our life. Mm -hmm. And we've lost some of that culturally because, you know, a risen Savior has the power to it too. And maybe people just misunderstand that part of it. Yeah, I think so too. The risen savior part, and then part of it as well is it goes back. Well, this is sort of maybe boring talk, but it goes back even to like ancient Greek Stoics and the John Wayne personality of mm. a real man, a real person is somebody that's always in control of their emotions and they don't show uh, what's going on on the inside. And and when you look at who Jesus was and who Paul was, like that's the exact opposite. Like Paul. When he writes his letters, he shares very much of what's going right. on in his personal life and how what he feels and what he thinks, right. and even what he's struggling with. And um, you know, uh, Jesus was as genuine as they come. Right. So, so we need to model that and be less concerned about 
what the culture around us thinks is uh, uh, mature or, yeah. or strong. It's true. And I'm excited that we get to have this conversation, you know, because I know there's people listening that maybe didn't think about it or think about it in that way. And it does start with, you know, our obedience to admit our weakness to Jesus and then to show that to others in obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a time that you're, that God used your family to connect and to show you your own weakness or maybe... Um, like every day, no, <laughs> um, but really about every day. I mean, you know, one of the things about marriage is, um, I remember when I first got married to Jessica, I was, uh, of course, and I think this is a lot of men and women going into marriage as I thought, man, I'm just going to be uh, awesome. She thinks I'm awesome because, you know, yeah. you're engaged and I'm going to do a great job. And then like about a week into it, I found out there were a lot of, I had a problem with sharing. <laughs> yeah. I had a problem with uh, serving. I didn't like, uh, and I'll be more specific, like, um, hey, Jonathan, I need you to take out the garbage. Well, I will when I want to, you know, or, mm-hmm. hey, I need you to um, uh, pick up pick up your clothes. Well, they're my clothes, and I'm going to leave them out if I want to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those sound like trivial matters, but they're really not. I mean, it just showed that I wasn't as servant-hearted as I thought. Right. I was uh, dealing with more pride than I thought. And, um, you know, I still struggle with those kinds of things. Don't we all? Pride, if pride would just quit it. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. And and my kids are great too, you know. Um, so I can think of last week, uh, I, I tend to, uh, um, I'm a pretty driven personality. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very driven while I'm driving. And uh, last week, my kids were in the back seat, and I might have uh, maybe said something about a driver. Um, and Annalise just looked at me said, Dad, that's not very nice. And, you know, your kids do that too. So, they, you know, they remind me that I need to control my temper. They remind me that I need to control my words. Yeah. And, you know. Um, Isn't it amazing that God put us in a family? Yeah. And I think that... Uh, you know, it should be the same way in our Christian family. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The one time I had a blind spot where I didn't realize the attitude that I was having toward a person. And Nate had to stop me and be like, would you stop this? Like, you're being mean. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize, like, maybe I thought it was funny or thought it was, you know, justified. Mm-hmm. But that... Um, Definitely, marriage relationship helps us see who we are and where our pride is. But I do think our, you know, our church family should be able to help us see those blind spots. Yeah. But again, that takes that takes maturity. It takes maturity to lovingly go to somebody um, as a brother or sister in Christ and say, just like it takes maturity within your family to go right. to a, a family member and say, this may be a problem. But again, that's required for growth mm-hmm. and. Um, um, if no, if you're not willing to receive correction, um, then you know you're not gonna ever grow. Right. And um, but in order to do that, again, it goes back to this: you have to be willing to be weak. Mm. And that shouldn't be a problem because of the gospel. <laughs> you yeah. are already willing to be weak. Well, what are some ways that you find it easier to be weak, and some ways you find it hard? Well, it's easier to be. I don't know. I don't like being weak. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I mean, you know, I'm very much the person who, uh, you know, Jessica will say I'm doing something wrong. 
and then I'll get mad about it. And then like a day later, I'll say, maybe you were right. Right. You know, cause I'm very stubborn and I'm very much a driven personality. Um, so I don't really like to appear weak. So I think, I think the places where I struggle to appear weak are where I am the weakest. Hmm. Right. Cause that's where I try to cover up the most. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to be too specific, mainly sometimes because I can't really, I guess, because I can't really think of anything, but also because the things that I can think of, they're fairly personal. Yeah. And um, so I don't want to be too specific, but, but yeah, I think that I struggle to be weak in the areas where I am uh, the weakest. One, one good example, I guess, at work is I'm not very detail oriented, mm. right? I'm very much a dreamer. Um, I'm very much an imag- imaginative person. And so when I have to be reminded about something on the schedule or a detail that I missed, like right. I hate that, I hate it like crazy because I already know that I'm not good at that. Mm. Whereas if you uh, get onto me for something that I think that I am good at or critique maybe an idea or a concept I have, it's not that big of a deal because I feel like I'm okay at those things. Yeah. And that may be the opposite of how most people think about it. You know, We don't wanna be critiqued on what our strengths are. And, yeah. But that's not the way that I think it normally happens. I think that um, our strengths, we're pretty confident in those. If you critique right. them, we tend to overlook them. But areas where we know we're weak, if you if you poke that mm-hmm. poke that uh, that area, then you can get a reaction for sure. So. Yeah, we talk about like acting out of a place of insecurity. You know, mm-hmm. we're all using our insecurities as our filters. And I think personally, I find if I criticize other people, it's likely something I don't like about myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to look at that and figure out, oh, okay, it's really a me thing. You yeah. know? Um, but those insecurities really should be like repented of and given to the Lord again and again, because it's just us not allowing God to meet us there. You know, like we can be weak in places and that's how, I mean, we can grow too, but that's how we were created. So the uniquenesses of us, of who we are, I think can be a beautiful thing if we see them in the unity of the church rather than just our deficiencies. Yeah. And, I, and um, you know, like that's why, again, there's different gifts, there's different right? talents yep. in the body of Christ. And I've learned to um, not try to cover the up the fact that I'm not great at details. It's better to just admit that and get somebody to come alongside you that is. Right. And usually they're not as good at uh, other aspects of life that maybe you are. Right. And so it tends to fit, but you just have to both have the humility to be willing to admit those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I heard someone compare boasting and weaknesses once to a job interview. Okay. <laughs> have you ever gone to a job interview and they're like, what are your weaknesses? And you're like, I work too much. <laughs> it's a, it's a real weakness of mine or I, I care too much. I try too hard. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, first time I ever got that, when I was younger, when I got that, I would say, mm, I don't think I have very many, you know? Um, now that I'm older, I'll, I will say things like, I'm not the best at administration. You know, yeah. I'm not the best at organization. And um, that's, I think, uh, hopefully that's a sign of some personal growth on my part. And, uh, but I, you know, I think that's just required. Yeah. So, and it's okay, God didn't make us all the same. Right. It's okay to be weak. Yeah. And God shows the world his glory through using us, you know, his Mm -hmm. frail people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that 
Um, you know, we were doing a teacher training a couple weeks ago, and um, I was trying to remind myself and them that, uh, you know, the Word of God is powerful. And whenever we do see people growing or affect change in our classes, um, you know, it's because God is doing that. Right. It's, but it's not because we are. So just the fact that people are growing in their faith or in Christ or coming to faith in Christ, right. like, that is... That's always an example that God works through weak vessels. Yeah. Um, because there's nothing special, really, normally about us or what we're saying or doing. Um, but it's just God is at work. Yeah. So Psalm 105 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. And if we look at Psalm 77, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. I think if we look at God and focus on what he's doing, what he has done, how he uses us and keep that focus where it is, I think that kind of sums up the boasting and weakness. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always want to point people toward the Lord. And that's what Paul's doing is he's saying, I'm not that great. Um, you're not that great. Right. Um, if you know, God gets the glory for anything uh, that we do, you know, and that goes with physical ailments. You know, I think of, uh, I think of uh, the man who was born blind and why is this man born blind? Who sinned? His mother, his father, and Jesus is like, neither one of them, right? It's, uh, it's to glorify God. Right. And, um, you know, so whether it's a physical ailment or uh, a personal weakness that we have, those, those exist um, so that we can glorify God in those. But for God to be glorified in those, we have to be willing to admit them and, uh, and share them and uh, allow people to help us in those areas. Yeah, and boast in that weakness. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on Talk Truth Podcast. To our listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to TalkTruthPodcast.com for all the details. We'd love to hear from you. Give us your feedback, however you're listening to this. Thanks for listening, and remember to talk truth.